Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, Elsie, the mayor. Now let's get to it. All right, Tanya, first of all, thank you so much for taking some time out. I know before we hit record, you said that it's finally nice out where you are. I don't think it's nice here in Wisconsin yet. It's getting there. But before we get into the good stuff, can I get an oh, yeah? O-Y-E-A-H. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a first. I've never had anybody spell it. So you, you win the prize. I was a cheerleader <laughs> in my past life, but we'll leave that there. <laughs> Got it. So... Tell us a little bit about where you are now in your your current business. Well, I'm in Redondo Beach, California, and moved out here from the Bay Area. I founded Sand and Shores. It is a communications and leadership firm. We work with small businesses, organizations, entrepreneurs to help them tell their story, elevate their brand, so build brand awareness, and build a strong reputation. We also help speakers find opportunities. We have a podcast network because podcasting is kind of today's media, right? And all of these things simply lend to people's ability to be able to elevate their message. I've seen a lot of businesses go out of business simply because people didn't know about them. So Sand and Shores is an opportunity to help organizations and individuals build their business, their brand, and their reputation through their thought leadership with various different ways and different opportunities through the media to kind of talk to their public, to talk to their target audience. I can raise both hands and both feet to the point that you made uh, business is going out of business because people simply didn't know about them. Been there, done that, should probably write a book about it. Why do you think people miss that lesson, right? Because you would think that intuitively that people need to know about my business. Why, what, what are we missing? What, why, why do people get that wrong? You know, you can look at some of the largest organizations, I wouldn't say largest, like medium-sized businesses, and when they start cutting their budget, what's the first thing to go? Marketing. So I think the public, small business owners, have been under the impression that when you ain't got a lot of money, that's what you cut, and you put it somewhere else, like sales or who knows, infrastructure. But at the end of the day, after all that money is spent, and you've done all the great things for your collateral, even advertising. Advertising and marketing and PR are all different. So someone might pour a lot of money into advertising. I'm just going to advertise. I'm going to do all these ads. They do it now, even on Facebook. But at the end of the day, people still don't know who they are. You know, you got to think about, do you remember a story someone has told you? Or do you remember an ad in the last magazine you opened? Because it's much cheaper to tell the story than it is to get that ad. And no one remembers the ad. 
So we've been brainwashed into thinking that the money should go elsewhere. Who started this? I don't know. Probably the people that benefit from small businesses going out of business. It's been my experience in dealing with small businesses, nonprofits. The first thing they always cut is their marketing and they never even have a PR budget. Like that's a, oh, we didn't even have a budget for that. Mostly because they don't know what it is. So then there's an educational portion of what we do. But, you know, for us, now that we've been in the trenches, we completely understand where the priorities are in regards to growing your business, your reputation and brand awareness. But when you're at the early stages or you're just listening to all these coaches and people and looking on Instagram and you think, oh, I'm going to do that and my business is going to be amazing. Sometimes you miss the most essential elements of what needs to happen to grow your business. Mm -hmm. You made a good point about brand story and elevating your message. Talk about that a little bit, because I think that might be part of the missing link is business owners don't quite understand what their brand story is and why it's important to elevate their story. Well, not only do they not understand what it is, they don't acknowledge what they bring to it, what their story actually brings to the value of the business. I always ask them, who are you and why should I care? Who is your business and why should I care? You should be able to say that to me. That should be able to roll off your tongue. But it's not. Most of the time they haven't even thought about it because they've done all the other things, all the other, the minutia of the business and never really thought about who they are who this business is and why it's important to the community that they serve or to the industry that they're in. It's I think it's really just a lack of understanding the importance of that. And then there is, particularly with women, not understanding your value and what who you are brings to the business. That is a part of the story, how you got here, how you founded this organization, but even the story behind that. What led you to solving this problem, whether it's you know, genes that fit a different shape of woman. Like, where did that idea come from? Talk about that. It was probably some failure. It was probably some lack of ability to be able to find it somewhere else for yourself. And those are the things that connect people to your brand. When we look at larger brands, we're really looking at their story, even though they're not telling us that, you know, we're looking at a Ben and Jerry's where they're always in the thick of social justice, right? And then if you start doing the research, you realize there's a story behind that. It makes it authentic. But we kind of try to compartmentalize ourselves from our businesses. And again, I don't know who taught. <laughs> I don't know who's been teaching these bad lessons, but they've led to a, many businesses going, going out of business and not being as successful as they could be. Just not acknowledging or feeling like what you have, what you bring to the table is irrelevant to the brand or to the product. Mm -hmm. So if you were, you're running a business, let's play a hypothetical here, and you need to cut, where would you cut? If it's not marketing, then where, where what would be the first thing that you would say, okay, we need to scale back here? Probably some overhead. Yeah. These days, maybe even a, if it's a brick and mortar, do you have to be in that building, right? Many companies are top heavy. Do you need all these positions? Is there someone that can multitask? Excessive spending? You know, it's one thing to want to incentivize employees, but how can those be earned incentives instead of just giveaways? So really looking at cutting the fat, software, how many programs are you using? Are they all making your business more efficient or is this just a bunch of white noise in the background, fun little trinkets that people like to play with? 
Because also we get, you know, blinded by all the shiny new things that come out. Okay. Okay. All right. Great. Because they have great salespeople. So there's various different ways to cut. One of the last things that goes is marketing PR, because that is how people get to know who you are, what you're about, what your values are, how you show up in the industry and in the space. So how do we begin to get better at PR and marketing? What's the number mm. one? If you had to say you're listening to this episode, the, the show today, and you want to walk away with one thing that you can do after you listen to the rest of it and you can implement it today in your business, what would that be? What do you want to be known for? Who are you and why should I care? Tell your audience that. Tell your potential customer that. Spend time on that story. Tell it to a friend. See if they get it. One of the hardest things to do is get people around you to know what you do, who you serve, and how you do it. If you've been doing something for over a year and your closest friends don't know, you clearly have not been telling your story. You haven't been talking about it. You have to get comfortable talking about it, not necessarily selling yourself, but when you become a part of your business and your business becomes a part of who you are, it's very authentic. It rolls off your tongue. I am forever telling stories or finding people with interesting um, stories to see what have you done with that? I ask all the time, what have you, if I hear someone tell a great story, I'll be like, okay, would you, did you write a book? Like, where's your business, your side hustle? What are we doing with this? Because it's such a compelling story or it's such a compelling solution that they've come up with for whatever. It could be a cancer survivor that started making wigs for younger cancer survivors. There's a story behind that. So if you are just now thinking, why do I need PR? If you cannot roll off your tongue who you are and why someone that you're trying to sell to should care, we got to start there. Mm, that's good stuff. So, but practically speaking, what should that budget be? Does that depend on our revenue or how do we budget for PR? Yeah, it should be about 20% of your budget. But here's the thing. Public relations is can be pricey. It's an investment and it's long-term. So for smaller businesses, I actually recommend if they have a marketing person, if they have a marketing coordinator, a marketing director, they should be able to learn some basic PR strategies, basic communication strategies, right? You can subscribe to Prowly or Agility and use their database and start doing some media outreach. But small businesses should really, and entrepreneurs should really be able to include this in what they're already doing. It's really hard for me to watch and I'm just being honest because I have been in the nonprofit sector for so long also. You know, it's hard watching someone that really wants to get their message out and wants to make sure people know about this great thing that they're doing. And they're spending $3,000, $4,000 a month that they really don't have with an organization that might not deliver, might or might not deliver. Let's be fair. Everybody is not good at what they say they're good at these days. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm amazing, but like you're not. So we have to be cognizant of that and be very diligent about where we're spending our money. So I would suggest if you have a marketing coordinator, a marketing director, that you invest in training them, getting them some training on PR strategies. Because the truth of the matter is, an integrated strategy is the best. You need all of it. You need PR, you need marketing, you need advertising, you need it all. But your brand needs to be tight also. Well, what does that look like? You can't be all over the place. Your message needs to be strong. Have you spent time really strengthening your message? Your internal communications needs to be strong. So 
Are all your employees speaking the same language? Is everyone that works for your company saying the same thing about the company, about the brand? If I look on all your social media platforms, do they look uniform or are they all over the place? When I go to your YouTube, I can't tell that it's yours because it looks nothing like your Instagram or your Facebook or your LinkedIn. How's your LinkedIn page looking? So there's so much that goes into it. Many times we'll start working with an organization to do PR and realize you're not even ready. There's so many other things that need to be done. People just think, oh, well, I'm going to get media today. I, I need some media for this thing I'm doing. But you really haven't structured your business to one, be ready for it, to be ready for the output. And then are you ready for when you do secure media? What are you doing with the leads that come in from that? How are you staying in contact with individuals that you did spark interest with? Like, what does that funnel look like? So there's a lot that goes into it. And I, I'm firmly in the belief that most of America thinks we just take some stuff, send it to a journalist. It gets in a paper. You start getting a thousand new followers, hundred thousand new customers, and it's a win. It doesn't work like that. So there's an educational piece behind it also. So I always suggest entrepreneurs, small business owners, they get educated on it first or they get their marketing integrated with some communications before they go all in on PR. Mm -hmm. Now, let us behind the curtain a little bit, Tanya. What is a good PR partner? What What does that look like? What do they do? How do they help? They know how to do a PR audit. So... I'm going to do the investigation before we even get into media outreach. I need to know what's out there. What am I battling? What do we need to clean up? What is the public sentiment about you currently that we may need to change? Or if it's good, how do we amplify that? What about the visibility of your executives? We work on that. Are they showing up? How are they showing up in public? How are they amplifying their thought leadership? Are you releasing articles on LinkedIn? Are you writing articles? Are you being looked at as an expert in your field? Because when someone is looking to invest in you, to spend their money with you, to spend their time with you, nowadays they are really doing research. Like people will do research before they buy some shoes these days. Let me see what what are they talking about? So a good partner is really going to do their due diligence before you even start digging in on the media part of it. And then there's media training. Let's talk about what these podcast interviews should sound like. Let's talk about the information that you're putting out. Not only what you're putting out, but does the culture of your organization represent what you're saying? So a full PR audit, media audit should happen first. Elements of education should take place. So setting expectations. What does that look like? Many people believe, okay, I'm going to pay you $2,000 a month. I need to wind up in Forbes. I need to wind up in on ABC, Good Morning America. One, if anyone ever gives you guarantees, they're not a communications professional. Let's be very clear. They are not a communications professional. They're an advertising professional. So I can buy space in Forbes. I can buy space in Inc. I can buy space in Black Enterprise. If I guarantee you space, I'm not functioning as a communications professional, a PR professional. I'm functioning as an advertiser. But those are things that we have, those are conversations we have to have because we already know the sentiment around PR people. One is, you know, they're crooked or they, they just make you these promises and it never happens. Well, 
correctly put, they should never make you promises. The only thing they can promise is that they will do the outreach. The only thing they can promise is that they will work on being consistent with your brand and helping you build brand awareness. Those are things they can promise. Some of us write. So I do articles for, you know, ghostwriting, write articles for some of our clients. That I can promise. Where it lands, I cannot, unless it's a publication that I write in. So just being very transparent, setting expectations, and a bit of education um, is a good PR partner. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. So you mentioned that around 70%, I don't know if the number might even be higher now, is the number of percentage of people that do research before they even send you that DM or before they email you, before they pick up that phone. So that emphasizes, right, the importance of brand story. And I heard you say internal alignment, like do your people understand, live, breathe, feel the brand and the story. So if the CEO doesn't have it nailed down, then it's not possible for the internal people to to have it nailed down. I want to talk about your podcast network a little bit. Me being a, a podcast guy myself, I'm curious to, to get an understanding of how you've incorporated that into your main business. What made you decide to go that direction and just confirm all the fun and goodness that you're having by having that podcast network? Our podcast network was started about two years ago. At this point, I had already had two podcasts of my own. One is Leaders and Learners because I enjoy speaking to, talking to, and learning from other leaders, like real leaders, not just people out there that are like, I'm the best. I'm a millionaire. I can make you a millionaire. No, we're talking about elected officials. We're talking about athletes that run organizations. We're talking about heads of corporations that are six, seven, eight figures that show up on the show and allow for me to pick their brain for our audience and teach them something and talk about how they are continuing to learn. There are so many people that I'm the expert in this and I'm the expert in that. How are you continuing to learn? Because a part of public relations isn't just securing media. It's also continuing to tell the story. So the media usually wants a story, an ongoing story. Okay, I did a thing. Okay, what happened after the thing? Nothing? Okay, that's not that's not fun. Leaders are continuously learning. And then they take what they've learned and they implement it in their business. That's great information for people that may never have access to these types of people. So that was leaders and learners. That's been going on, I think, about three, four years now. And then we have my morning coffee. I started it with one of my, with two of my sorority sisters. One is a mental health therapist and the other was a lieutenant with LA County Sheriff. One of my sorority sisters passed away, committed suicide. And we decided that we wanted to create a safe space to talk about difficult things. It has been the joy of our life. We've met some incredible individuals, had some very tough conversations, but you got me, you have the black woman cop, and then you have the therapist who specializes in urban issues. Amazing conversations. For my clients, having the podcast network, so we built in Kim Sanders and her podcast, which helps busy women, gives them nuggets of time management and how to not go crazy while you're raising kids. And then we have Walter Watts in his King's Hour. They talk about Black men issues. All of them are ex-athletes, some of them professional, college athletes. They've lived the life. But having a platform where no matter who my clients are, there's a space for them. And and I don't just place them on there. They still have to be pitched to the podcast hosts. It is important that we recognize when you're on someone's podcast, there's a level of credibility that you're given, right? 
there's a level of someone else saying you're amazing. Here's my thing. Marketing is you telling people you're amazing. Public relations is other people telling other people that you're amazing. Allowing someone on your platform is saying, I see credibility and something worth talking about with this person. So my podcast network is really just another way of giving my clients and my business partners opportunities to find spaces where they are seen as credible. Every time we're op- we open our mouth and someone, you know, here's what we have to say that elevates your brand. Everything you say these days or type or tweet, they are they become a part of your brand. So allowing for these spaces to be used to elevate people's brands, their message, their stories. I think it was very important. It's called the Empowered Podcast Network. You'll learn something new. You'll have the opportunity to have a discussion about some difficult stuff. And, you know, it it just feels good sometimes to be able to get it off your chest and have thoughtful conversations about things that, you know, everybody ain't ready for. But if you, you're subscribing to the show, you clearly like what they're delivering and you're trusting that podcast host to continue to deliver you quality content. Mm-hmm. Now, you strike me as a person who who loves to learn. How did you get introduced to the world of podcasting? And like, what was that process? Did you just wake up one day and say, hey, I think I'll start this fantastic podcast network? Or was it something that you kind of, as a result of doing research and learning, came across? I am a gun violence survivor and I'm an author. So I got interested in podcasting once I launched my first book and I needed a space to talk about some of the things that were in the book. But I didn't really just want to talk about me. I wanted to hear from other people that have also been through some pretty traumatic things. And the first year of the podcast was, oh, I needed therapy. (laughs) It was really good. It was, you know, just finding these people because it was mind blowing to me. Like you don't, you don't think people have gone through what you've gone through. I think everybody feels kind of isolated in their stuff until you start talking about it. And then other people that you're talking to be like, oh yeah, well, let me tell you what happened to me. So it was mind blowing to me because I thought the things that had happened to me were isolated to me. Well, why is that? Well, because we never talked about it, especially when things happen in black families, we, we ain't supposed to talk about it. But I realized once I wrote this book, Listen, you won't have to talk about it. So I started to talk and that made others feel like they had a safe space to talk about some difficult things. I mean, from marriage to sexual assault to, you know, prison time, it was crazy. But learning how other people have managed to get through drama and trauma and then what they turned it into. Again, we're all learning. How do you navigate through this? What is something you did to navigate through A, B, and C? Or when your business failed because you were battling alcohol addiction? You know, the more conversations you have with people, the more you learn the techniques to be able to navigate difficult situations or business situations. Um, It was great. I just think it's always been, especially since I wrote the book, an opportunity to learn from others and then commiserate. Come on, misery loves company. So you know, we're going to do that thing too. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing to me how powerful stories are and how powerful the connection when we tell our story and people identify with it. Right. Because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about telling your story. Who are you? Why are you? What are you? Right. And when you get really, really good at being able to tell that story, amazing things happen. 
What's a business lesson that I know you're very experienced, so this, this might be hard, but what's the one thing, right, that you've learned that you can share a victory uh, story from? Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. When you go into any situation, prepare for the worst, but know that the work that you're putting in is going to pay off. You might get some bumps in the road. Don't spend too much time trying to perfect things because you will fail to launch. You've heard it, failure to launch because you're so busy trying to perfect it. I'm the queen of run it, which is a good and bad thing, right? (laughs) You know, we get, we do this thing, but we didn't prepare for all the things that could go wrong. Hope for the best, prepare for the worst and just run it. Get all your ducks in a row as far as you can and go. Stop holding back. Don't let fear paralyze you and run it. Just put some things in place in case it don't go wrong, in case it don't go right. But run it. If it's a program, if it's a sale, if it's a new product, get prepared for it to not go the best, but run it because you've been thinking about it. You've been putting all the pieces together. You've been bringing in a team. You've done all this work and then you still let fear paralyze you. So don't surrender to fear. Don't let coward culture get you. Just prepare for the worst and run it. At the end of the day, you're going to learn something and someone else might benefit from what you have to offer, whether it's a product or a service. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned a little bit earlier, my morning coffee, the, the podcast that you, you run and how impactful that's been for you. How has that changed you? Mm. Well, it has allowed for what? OK, so I told you there was three of us that started the therapist. I realized around after the first year, she wasn't that wasn't her jam. Right. And I had a hard time like saying that. And she had a hard time pulling back. There was a couple of things there. One, she's an introvert. And, you know, podcasters can be no introverts. <laughs> and two, it was healing for us to start this. We ran it. We didn't have all the pieces in place. We did the best that we could, but we learned how to be agile. She liked things very structured. We learned each other's um, learning styles, right? And workflows. Everybody's workflow does not match up. Everybody's learning style does not match up. But if you're agile and your communication is open, especially when you're dealing with women, especially when you're dealing with black women, alpha women, you have to learn how to be patient, allow for people to kind of find their fit when you're working with, you know, different personalities, learning styles. And if you communicate, everything's going to be good. But communication, I won't say I learned that. I think it reinforced that. It reinforced how important and impactful communication is, not just with the people outside of your circle, but the people in your circle, the people that you actually work with. So this is the beginning of Q2, if you go with the the calendar schedule, of 2023 at the time of this recording. What is the big win that you're looking forward to in your business this year? I will release my second book, Lead the Way. And get on tour for that and um, looking forward to all the good that we can do to help, you know, women really level up on their leadership and fight imposter syndrome because there's greatness in all of us. And it really hurts me to hear when a very smart person thinks they can't do it or that they're not worthy or that they're not qualified. So we're going to work on that a lot more in Q2. I love it. I love it. If people want to reach out to you, learn more about the podcast network, your books, your business, all the other amazing things that you have happening for you, how can they do that? Pretty consistent. Tanya McKenzie PR for me personally or Sand and Shores, S-A-N-D-A-N-D 
S-H-O-R-E-S on all social media platforms. The consistency. It's the consistency. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Thank you again for your time, Tanya. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Mayor. (laughs) If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.